Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, today I am excited to have my friend Joseph Young back who just came out with a brand new album. So... Of course, we got to talk about that. And and of course, since you listened to the last episode, you know, we're probably going to geek out about music and uh, talk a little bit too about, because uh, the creative process always fascinates me. And so we might even get in and talk about a few stories and how some of these songs actually came about, uh, which again, you know, if you're not a musician, that's fine. It's always interesting to listen and hear how the creative process works, because it's the same creative process that musicians use for you to create anything in your life that you want as well. So with that, let's roll that episode. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others. Since really, all you need is love. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, growth, and so much more. Great content, insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens. You're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. All right, Joe, I am excited to have you back. <laughs> well, it's wonderful to be back, Jason. We've got to got to show, you know, some people will be listening to audio, some people will be watching on video, but your latest album, Into go. the Unknown, I don't know, we've got it like in stereo here. There right? we go. Yeah. The copies. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, has come out which which i was waiting with bated breath for you and me both because <laughs> <laughs> well, because that, that's the thing and I, and I gotta ask you some questions we'll get into that into some of that too because it's interesting i know you you'd made some it's been about four years for this album to come out so i do yep. want to jump in and talk a little bit about about some of that too but um, I'm excited for it. You know, I know last time we talked, you were working on it. You were kind of showing me some of the album cover. Too, oh, yeah, which, that's right. Which I think is great. Um, but, you know, just just really wanted to kind of jump in, talk about music in general and and about what what you're doing. I know one of the questions that people have asked me because I've, I've posted a lot and it's like, well, what kind of music does he do? 
So <laughs> I figured, well, let me let me let you kind of take a stab at that, and then I'll kind of try to take a stab at it too, and help people kind of see why I love your stuff so much. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad that we're both taking a stab at that because it's it, it <laughs> it's sounds, hard to describe, right? Yeah, it's it, it seems like it should be a simple question. Um, I, I guess I'll start with you know just the general umbrella of new age mm -hmm. and um where that comes from is like in the in the new age kind of started before the early 80s but when it, the, the genre started getting popular especially in the early 80s um there was there's all this music that incorporated um stuff from all over the world um world music sometimes it's under the new umbrella sometimes not but incorporated like some of it was like mellow synthesizer tones. Some of it was just like piano stuff. Um, but it also incorporated, you know, just different instruments from all over the world that you might not necessarily hear. Um, I don't know. It was, a, it was a large conglomeration of stuff that was put together that wasn't rock and roll, that wasn't country, that wasn't rap, um, and is generally more mellow, um, often electronic-based. Um, and for me um like my influences that that got me started on my journey were Mannheim steamroller uh, with mm -hmm. chip davis um vangelis uh, the chariots of fire soundtrack kataro um yep. that's kind of my those are if i could compare myself to anything um it would be somewhere in there <laughs> okay yeah because i mean that's the hard part you know when you look when you look it up i mean everybody in the industry just drops everything that they don't know where else it belongs in new age <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but it but it is it's it's um the way you kind of described it is one of the things that i love about how you bring in so many different instruments mm -hmm. so many different sounds and feel with it as well and that it is something that's mellow right because i i use it i i listen to We've got all your different albums but this one i've been listening to about three to five times a week because it it helps me in the morning <clears throat> as i'm trying to get ready get centered for the day right because a lot of times we can be like <laughs> kind of crazy right so i put it on and i i i i i feel centered i feel like i have more of the energy and and it's nice for me to just kind of start start the day that way as well mm -hmm. um but yeah i love how it's a lot of different stuff right and so we can yeah. go through and we can talk about some of the stuff on the new album as well and maybe even some of the older stuff too but it's to me it's not even you know there's a smooth jazz aspect to it mm -hmm. right because of yep. a lot of the the saxophone and and stuff that you play there's a lot of a native american feel to it even sometimes with the mm -hmm. flutes that you've got going on in a lot of the stuff sometimes i hear like a middle eastern kind of an influence to it as well some of the instruments i have no idea what it is that you're playing <laughs> right and 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 there's there's some other sounds even even to where on on this one there's um you know it's world music but sometimes it's a little out of this world music as yes. well so it's yes. almost like i'm it, it's almost like a sci-fi soundtrack too on, on awesome on some yeah. of the stuff almost which again i think was kind of the feel that you were you were going for on on some of the songs just based on some of the sounds and other stuff that you yep absolutely um but yeah i like i said i i, I think it's great 
maybe we we for everybody who hasn't gotten it we'll make sure and put in the show notes too but you can get it on Bandcamp is probably the best place yep. to go or on yep. any of the streaming um things you can put in Joseph Young and be able to, to Joseph download. L Young put the initial Joseph in L, there. that helps the, yeah the L helps. Differentiate <laughs> <laughs> me from all the other millions of Joe Youngs out there that are out there. Well, so 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 let's let's talk, uh, you know, about about some of the the tracks maybe that are on here because I know, you know, like you said, there there's certain um, there's some stories even that yep. kind of go behind some of this stuff as well, right? So yeah, uh, I know was it the okay beyond the horizon. I love that song. Cool. Um, that is one of those where it really kind of starts off very sci-fi-ish, mm-hmm. right? Because it's almost like you're you're listening in a movie and it's like, I think that's like, you know, go to Bay, whatever, <laughs> something like that at the yeah. beginning, right? But, in, and so it kind of maybe explain a little bit behind that song, if you would, because to me too, that is... That's one of the songs where I feel hope when I oh, listen cool. to that song. Awesome. Right? So it's like, that's just kind of the emotion that I feel every time I listen to that song. Is it the way you did it? I just feel hopeful listening to it. So very cool. Very cool. All right. So there's a lot to unpack on this song for me. Um, so I have, to, I have to start out by saying too, that we're, Instrumental music is interesting to me, especially as a composer, because there's, unless you see an interview like this, or you have liner notes or something, people hear the music and quite often don't have any um, idea of what the composer was thinking when they wrote it. Mm -hmm. If you have lyrics, the lyrics tell you what the song is about, but instrumental music doesn't have that. So then we rely on a myriad of other things sometimes if we want to make you experience something or if we want to like set a mood and make it sound like it's in outer space which the beginning of this very much the intention was that this was an off-world kind of journey type of thing um i'm a huge science fiction fan um have been since so uh, i'll go ahead and date both of us since i saw um <laughs> no. star we grew wars. up together star and, wars yeah, yeah. yeah star wars in in theaters and the, the original yep, when yeah. it came out so uh, when I wrote Beyond the Horizon, one of the first really big inspirations for me was I was right in the middle of reading the series and watching the series The Expanse. I am an I'm a rabid Expanse fan. I think it's one of the best sci-fi space series ever um, for me. Um, and I love the music in the beginning of that. And that was kind of like it made me want to write a space song. Um, so that was kind of the initial inspiration. Um, there's some Star Trek. Um, there's a little bit of Star Trek feeling to it. I kind of felt that I was, you know, playing with there. Um, also in the beginning, you can, you kind of mentioned it. I don't want to give it away, but there is a total sci-fi reference in the beginning of the song. And I don't want to say what it is. Um, we got to listen to find out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you have to listen to find nobody's got it yet. And people have come kind of close, but I'm like, you just need to listen carefully. It's very, very, I don't know. I think it's clear, but m- maybe not. I don't know. So there's, but yeah, it's, um, Beyond the Horizon is total love of sci-fi for me. And 
Um, some of the voices I used in it were kind of like the the, the main um, uh, sound that comes in um, during the chorus is a very much kind of an 80s-esque, you know, Kataro-ish sort of sound. Um, so I was purposely, you know, relying on, you know, certain tones and things to kind of convey what I wanted. Um, and I also have like an entire video planned for this that I don't know if I'll ever get to do because it quickly became, um, I dabble in animation. Um, so like all my album covers are almost all of them are, are animated 3D animations. And I have, I have a whole thing with this that's that's all planned out. I even wrote a script, but it became too big. And it's like, I don't even know how I'm going to would do this. So I might do like an abbreviated version that just got like still images or something. I don't know, but. <laughs> <clears throat> well no that'll be good because yeah and it's i guess for part of it because there's a lot that goes into when you're composing and coming up with these things right is yeah. again it's like i mean it took you four years to put this thing together there was thousands and thousands of hours that went into this and and in the way that you're trying to get those specific feel feelings or emotions or other stuff to kind of come across as well so mm -hmm. um but yeah that's i'm gonna have to go back and listen to that again that well i'm gonna listen to it a lot but i gotta yep. figure out that reference that you're yep. referring to it's it, it's in the beginning it's in the first 30 seconds um mm -hmm. and it's a very it tells you what it is okay it doesn't it doesn't say it in the way you normally hear it but it tells you what it is okay <laughs> challenge accepted my friend challenge accepted yeah well i i know too you know it, it's always um to me so maybe we can go through you know and, and and just kind of let you talk a little bit about some of the songs what they mean to you what what was kind of the behind it some of the stories mm -hmm. behind it because to me again it, it's always fascinating it's like uh, when Bowie, Bowie had a, there was a, a Bowie exhibit in New York a few years ago that I went to. I'm jealous. Nice. I know. It, it was fabulous, man. I mean, it was just amazing. But, you know, Space Oddity, uh -huh. I mean, one of the classic Bowie yeah. songs, right? But to sit there, I'd never, I'd never thought about it that way until I was sitting there looking at his handwritten lyrics. Oh, right? wow. And looking at the picture that that inspired that song which was the one it was the the the, the blue dot kind of one it was one of okay. the first pictures taken from outer space yep. of the earth that's, that's right? one of the voyager pictures i believe yeah and so it was just it was just blackness except for for really the the earth and and he wrote that song and and you know now when i listen to that it's like man that song has a lot more meaning to me so i always love to hear some of the stuff that's behind it and what the impetus was behind it so take it away what 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 one do you want to talk about or how, how do you want to what's what stories do you want to kind of impart here on on kind of this process as you went through all right looking okay, i made i made notes for myself um, <laughs> i guess to start out i just would say that the entire album i the last three albums especially i've had kind of themes in mind um, that I was working off of. Mm -hmm. And um, this album had a couple of different themes that 
blend together in interesting ways, at least in my research and my brain. Um, part of it's definitely sci-fi fantasy based and part of it is science and history based. So there was a big space influence. There was a big, one of the things I did during, um, you know, the first year of, of, of COVID was I did a lot of research and I've always been interested in history. And so I really took a deep dive into ancient history um, and megalithic sites in particular are all of them are just completely, totally fascinating to me. And there's way more that we don't know about them than what we know about them. And it's like one of those things that I think, I mean, there's even information out there that they've, you know, they have decided, you know, the academic community is like, okay, this is what this was. And it's, we've written it down and we've based all our careers off of it, so we don't want to change it. And there's all this new evidence coming up that was like, you know, that is challenging all of that. And to me, it's just fascinating. Um, Gobekli Tepe is a site that, that they found in Turkey in around 2009, I think. Um, and the site's supposed to be around 12,000 years old. And before they found Gobekli Tepe, it was like they were saying, oh, nothing, you know, there weren't anything sites that old there just there there wasn't and if there was you know because it was farmers or something and it was all very watered down so like gobekli tepe is one of the sites that i've looked at that's like is changing the way we're looking at history well and it's funny because then you know on the on the album cover too right i mean you've got uh -huh. a gate gate yep. a, a portal other people yes. would call portals as well. i have a thing for portals i know you do <laughs> You had it on a couple of album covers, right? Because yeah. it is, it's, we look at this stone structure and we just think it's something 3D as mm -hmm. well. But there are, you know, I mean, the title Into the Unknown, right, is that a lot of times, again, there's there's been much higher technology on this planet than we give people credit for. We think all the old people were just farmers, but yeah, it was... Yeah. It was much more than that. And that's why, too, they, um, the last track, Ancestral Crossings, mm -hmm. when I listen to that, I can imagine our ancestor humans in a line <laughs> making crossings uh -huh. and moving to different places in this world as well right because again yeah. everything has been kind of populated at different times in different ways but it's been there's been migrations of people throughout this planet for millions of years um so anyway that was yep. yeah so um so ancient history space um those, those are the big things and i might because no, nobody has asked me about this and I've been waiting for them. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, the album cover yeah. is from bottom to top kind of represents all the stuff that, that I are not all the stuff, but a lot of the stuff that, that I um, researched. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there, there's a lot of history and all of those symbols, well, not all of them, but many of them are very specific. Um, and it's supposed to be, a, it's supposed to be a little bit mysterious, but if, if you actually were to start researching many of the symbols on this album cover, it would be a giant history lesson for anybody that's interested. 
Well, yeah. Well, and because I was going to ask you before when we had talked before, because I remember on the, on the right hand side, you've got the three dots, the one and the four. Right. Mm -hmm. So, again, is that is that a representation of the symbol that we have down at the bottom, which is pi of three, one, four? Um, the, so the top is actually a little different. The I'll go ahead. And so um, the dots are Olmec. OK. And, and then on this side, it's Sumerian. It's cuneiform. Okay. And yeah, it, so for those of you that are listening audio, you might want to go see the, the video on this one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's that's the difference up on top. Yeah. So on top there is my shout out to Nikolai Tesla. Yeah. Um, he was fascinated with the numbers three, six, and nine. Mm -hmm. And and so I have three, six, and nine written in cuneiform, and I have three, six, and nine uh, repeated in, in Olmec. Um, oh, I didn't realize that the one dot with the line was a six. Yes. In Olmec. Yep. If I did my research correctly, it's a six. If I didn't, then it's an artistic um, interpretation. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> okay. Now, hopefully the the Olmec i'm gonna geek out afterwards too and do and, and do more <laughs> well and because again up at the top right you've got the circle and the triangle as well which again mm -hmm. the triangle represents three six and nine as well which is, is one thing that it represents yes. one one of the th one of the many things that it represents but yep. that ends up being kind of the three points of that as well and the and the importance of the number nine right yeah i mean yep. even the beatles sergeant <laughs> pepper i think right number nine number nine number nine you know they were given the shout out to it too because again i think you probably know the quote better than i do from tesla but once you understand the number nine you understand the secrets of the universe or yeah. something like that something like that yep ah all right <laughs> <laughs> Jason's got more research. Well, did you did you want to talk any any more about this as well? Since I'm the first person to ask you the questions. So um, again, apologies to the audio only people. This bottom thing oh. here, which isn't quite as highlighted, if you look, there's a lot of Egyptian uh, hieroglyphs, and this appears to be like a bag that is quite often held in their you know their hand. And, and nobody has ever really, they don't know what it is for sure. Nobody's ever figured it out. Um, I, I think the, some of the best guesses I've seen is that it re represents some sort of knowledge. So in my case, one of the reasons why I put it at the bottom is that this is like the knowledge that all of this other stuff is built upon. Uh, but nobody really knows for sure. But the interesting thing is when I first started seeing this symbol and researching, it was only found in Egypt. Well, then as I started doing more research on all these other sites around the world, this same little lock or bag or whatever it is, it was found um, starved, um, carved into the stone reliefs in Gobekli Tepe in Turkey. And I believe there was another one found in South America somewhere. And so there's like this one thing that was supposed to have been localized now has popped up in different areas of the world that, that's like, okay, this is suggesting that there was a lot more communication going on way back when than many of us probably thought there was. Um, and nobody well, knows the answer, but it's it's really intriguing to think about 
Well, and the whole idea of ancient history or another term that a lot of people use too is ancient wisdom, mm -hmm. right? As well that, yeah. you know, the more that I've, I've thought about it and have learned more about ancient wisdom as well, you know, it always in the West, especially, we always try to pride ourselves on, you know, the savages and the civilized. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, the, the, the more that I research, the more that I know, I'm thinking, yeah, who are the savages and who are the civilized <laughs> ones? <laughs> Yep. Um, that that a lot of things that had been going on for millions of years that were destroyed, now we're seeing actually coming back mm -hmm. again, right? So through yep. your music, through your research, through through the album cover as well, that we're moving back to more of some of those ancient ways because that's how you have a better balance yeah. with the earth, with ourselves, with everything else as well, which is interesting. Yeah. It's it's fun stuff and very inspiring for me as as a, an artist and a musician. Hmm. Well, and I guess is that one of the reasons too why you why you bring a lot of those sounds and those oftentimes ancient instruments that most people aren't using anymore into your music as well? Yeah, absolutely. So let's see, do I have it back here? I'm trying to see if I have it. Let me grab something off my shelf real quick. Yeah. Speaking of ancient instruments, so ancient, this is an Armenian duduk. And this is the instrument that is featured on the title track, Into the Unknown. And um, the, I think I first heard it, um, I'm trying to remember the artist's name. So there's a, a Peter Gabriel concert. Uh, he's, he's one of my uh, musical heroes as well. One of the best concerts I've ever been to is Peter Gabriel Sting together. Um, Anyways, watching, oh, what is it? Shaking uh, Secret Life um, tour. And they started the concert with with an artist playing the Duduk. And I don't, I can't remember the gentleman's name right now, um, even though he's very famous. And I fell in love with the Duduk. And I'd also heard the Duduk on many soundtracks. This has been used in all sorts of soundtracks, um, like Gladiator, um, Passion of the Christ, to, to just mention a few. It's very super haunting, just an amazing instrument. And so I bought one several years ago, and I'm like, I have to use this in a recording at some point. Um, and I, I finally did. Um, it's ridiculously hard to play, um, but well, yeah. no, because well, because looking at it, I mean, it, it's it's long, so it looks like a, a kind of a Native American flute. It's just yeah. just the straight down with the holes, right? Just yep. like a regular flute, wooden yep. flute. But the top, it looks like is that it's a double reed. It's a double reed, um, so it ends up kind of like an oboe sort of yeah. a of a feel to try to play it. It is, but it's there's a tremendous amount of back pressure more than any other instrument I have ever played, and this um, they call it the ramish. You have to get it wet for it, you know, kind of like a regular reed. You have to get it wet before it. Um, will start speaking properly, but then you end up adjusting it like every minute or you like the longer you play it, the more you have to adjust it. And so you're constantly adjusting this to to maintain the sound um, through throughout your playing. Um, and then on top of that, most um, like flutes, as you um, bring your fingers up, you just kind of leave them up. Uh -huh. Um, because this is such an old instrument and it hasn't really been updated, um, as you get to the top, you put these fingers back down to keep it in tune. 
Oh, interesting. Which, which is very like if you're used to just playing like a penny whistle or a, a Native American style flute, um, is very counter intuitive to to your playing style. <laughs> so, um, but it, but it gives a you said more of kind of a haunting feel to it as well. It, it gives a different sound and yep. frequency than any other instrument. Yeah, yeah, totally different sound. And that was for for into the unknown. It it's kind of goes two ways. Um, one into the unknown is like, I've always been fascinated with space. So there's that exploration of the universe type of thing, but then it also goes to exploring our past and all of these ancient relics and, and, and things, um, that are scattered around our earth that we don't know anything about. Um, and so for that piece, I was really trying to kind of marry, um, the ancient past with outer space, um, which has been done quite quite often in, in sci-fi um, worlds they and actually, fantasy. They actually marry up much better <laughs> than people realize. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, because that was that was always the uh, the funny thing. I mean, you made reference to Star Wars before, right? But it, it was always funny to me that that Lucas at the beginning of it, right, as the credits are rolling. Mm -hmm. A long, long time ago yes. in a galaxy far away. Yep, yep. It's like, hmm. hmm. Again, from from a time perspective, right? In the time yeah. that we're living in here. Um, and and especially, well, if you take Star Wars, right? Because again, it's we always think of sci-fi as being in the future, but in certain places, sci-fi has been in the past. Yep. As well. Yep. And two of how Lucas chose to use such crude looking technology yeah. for sci-fi as well. You know, I mean, it's like you don't see that crudeness of technology now, you know, with the big buttons and everything. I mean, you saw it back in the 50s and 60s in the industrial uh, things here, but but not now yep. you know, as well. And so I always kind of saw that as as an irony of how he chose to do that too yeah yeah and i think the that was something the expanse used as well as the expanse is like 500 years in our future but there's much technology in the expanse that is from someone else's past yes that is way more advanced than you know anything that we have now or at the time you know in the time that the books and in the the tv show take place well and now that the defense department is finally releasing some of the stuff about ufos <laughs> we're going to find out that science fiction is not science fiction it's science faction there we go uh but anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right well the duke i did not know that and actually one of our um sons his girlfriend has armenian uh heritage oh cool and so i've got to go back and ask her about that now too she, see if she even knows about it yeah i mean to the point that she actually imported a dog is that the right way of saying it but uh, an actual dog from armenia oh wow that she brought over to the u.s okay um as part of that so anyway interesting yeah so so that was kind of it was it ended up being kind of like a bridge for me to connect different things together and i wanted that piece to sound like like you were saying kind of futuristic but archaic or old at the same time I know, archaic might not be the right term but ancient ancient yes yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's nothing there's there's really not yeah yeah ancient is not archaic yeah 
Yeah. What you well, said. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, so so what else? I mean, what are what are some of the other stories kind of that you that you have you um, know, behind <clears throat> behind creating this as well? Let's see. I'll, I'll go over just a couple short ones real quick. Um, one, I just want to give this the second piece, Remembrance of Time, um, just because it turned out so beautiful, I think. Um, I wrote that with my very good friend, Lynn Trudeau. And we had done some jams together, and then we kind of hadn't talked about it for a while. And then one day, like three or four months later, she sends me this piano piece. Um, and just beautiful, beautiful piano. And so then I added flute, shao, Chinese shao flute to it and and some other things. And so it was just like anytime I get to collaborate with somebody and it turns out, you know, um, you know, thank you, Lynn, for collaborating with me on this. And I hope that this piece, you know, gets out there because I think it turned out beautifully. Yeah, um, I was I, wondering if she was the piano yes. on that. So, yep. Well, and, and, and maybe let's talk, you know, because again, it's like with any of my episodes and what I talk about, we're talking about what we're talking about, but we're talking about what we're not talking about <laughs> as well, right? So, yes. so, so how about that with collaboration? Because I, I, again, I think sometimes people want to just go at themselves, which mm -hmm. is fine, yeah. you know, in a, in a lot of times, but especially artistically, musically, even in business life, in your personal life, a lot of times when we when we have collaborators, different different magic happens. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it's it's you know you can look at any of the you know bands, if you will, and and there were certain ones. The Beatles wouldn't have been the Beatles if all four of them hadn't been there. Yep. Right, because they each added something different. Yeah. You look even like you know newer Van Halen. Right. Van Halen with David Lee Roth versus Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. Yep. You know, three of the four people are the same, but they're they're completely different sounds when you add a different collaborator to it. So so maybe talk a little bit about because I know this wasn't the first time I don't think that you've collaborated with people on stuff as well, is it? No, no. I've done a lot of collaborations, some on my own, some on my own albums, some some with um, other people's projects. Um, one that comes to mind we talked about earlier was uh, one I did with Rana Yellowrobe um, um, from Every Moment, and I just forgot the name of the, the piece. Oh, um, it was the uh, Letting Go. Letting Go. Yeah. 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 Um, collaboration to me is, I don't know, it's almost, I mean, doing your own stuff is rewarding. Um, collaborations are, I think, even more rewarding. And the way I view them is, you just always they they always surprise me because you never know what the other person is going to come up with or or where they're going to come from you might throw out an idea and maybe you threw out this idea first and in your brain you have it in this little box um, because it was your idea but then where people take that um, once you kind of let it go you know you let this out into the universe a little bit um, is always surprising and always enjoyable. And so uh, the the act of, you know, creating something like letting go, I, you know, I had no idea what Rana was going to do with the lyrics I sent her, um, I kind of stripped down, you know, track. And, you know, I, I didn't know. In fact, I didn't even hear it um, until the day we recorded it. 
Um, she lives in Tacoma. And so I knew she had completed. She said, hey, I'm ready. So I packed up the recording gear, drove to Tacoma. And my first time hearing it was that day that we recorded her vocals. Um, with with Lynn's um, piano, um, I had a little bit of an idea because that one was a little bit more. We kind of created a little bit together and then we kind of oh, we parted and then we came back together. Uh, so it was just, I guess, um, collaboration is an adventure is, I guess, the biggest thing. It's an adventure. And if you can kind of get yourself out of the way and let the other people do what they're good at, um, that's when it becomes really fun and exciting. Um, and you say, here's my little thing. Now you take it and, and do your thing, whatever that is, and, and have really no expectations or no, like, it has to be this way. I think you have to let go of any ego or any idea of what you think it might be because it's going to go a different direction. And that's well, why it's fun. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's interesting because as you bring that up, because we just we just watched the uh, the Beatles. Um, Let it be. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Uh, get back. Get back. Uh, documentary. And it was it was interesting because, you know, again, I mean, that was literally right before they broke up pretty, pretty much. I mean, it was the last last time that they publicly played together on the rooftop. And then I think they still, you know, did a couple of mixes and had a couple of albums, but never performed publicly again. But it was interesting to see on that, too, that the collaboration that they had from earlier on had kind of gone away. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there were certain times, I mean, I love all the Beatles, but there were a few times when Paul was just being a dick <laughs> yeah. to everybody else, you know, and it's like the other three of them are kind of looking at each other like, come on, dude, let the ego go. Let's just have some fun, you know, yep. let's, let's just kind of play. But he was trying to control it so much. And mm. then what ended up happening is as, as they evolved as a group, it became more John songs. Yeah. Paul songs, yep. George's songs, Ringo's yeah. songs, right? Yep. In, instead of that true collaboration that they that they used to have, that that's where the real the real magic, magic comes. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Huh. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Yeah. So I, I look forward to more collaborations in the future from maybe people I know or I don't know. Um yeah, it's just always, you know. And it's the unknown. <laughs> You're going into the unknown. Yes. And we're letting go, right? Yep. It's, it's yeah. kind of like that. We could almost use a lot of your your titles to just yeah, anyway. Say what we're to say what we're trying to say. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Um stories. So I think the best story, because you asked me about stories for stuff. Yeah. Um the best story of any song on this album is Secrets of Stone. Okay and that is one that's doing better uh let's see it's it has been quite a month so the album this is end of july um, so it hasn't been out <laughs> quite a month yet and it's whenever you whenever an artist releases uh multiple songs in whatever form you know you want to call that i still call them albums um you never know what people are going to like and grab onto and you have your favorites as you know the artist um, and you have stuff that sometimes you go well I really like this one, but I don't know how other people are going to like it because I personally think it's strange. <laughs> anyway, this one I thought was a little strange, and there's a couple of very good reasons for that. Um, probably this is one of the older ones. Secrets of Stone and Between Worlds were both released as singles 
um, a couple of years ago um, and then made it onto this album. So Secrets of Stone, probably three years ago, I was going to do a concert in a, a class on a Native American style flute playing in Denver. So from Boise to Denver is like a 14 hour drive or something like that. It's yeah. a long drive. So I had that to do about oh, five days before I was to leave on this trip. I was playing a concert with my blues band um, in Eagle, Idaho for Eagle Fun Days. And we were out and on this <laughs> trailer in the hot weather, kind of like today. Uh, and we got done with the gig. I was running sound. And so it was all my gear. And I was pulling a speaker back to the car. And I was going in between um, the the tractor, the trailer we were on, and then the, the, the truck that hauled it in. It was just it was still attached and there's like a little path you could go in in between it. And so I'd been using that path all night because it was like the easiest way to get from behind stage to up front of the stage. So I'm pulling a speaker. It's on wheels. It's getting dark through this thing. And I hit my head right here on this spike that was sticking down. It was about this long that I hadn't seen the entire evening, um, about knocked myself out. Uh, Head injuries are weird when when I finally got done screaming my head off and probably sobbing, I, I got up and, it, you know, it looked like a, a, a crime scene. It looked like somebody had been oh, yeah, stabbed. Any, any head wound yeah. just like bleeds like crazy, yeah. too. So I kind of sat there. Uh, my bandmates um, under my direction loaded the rest of my car back up and somehow I talked them into letting me drive home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Public service an announcement. If you get hit in the head, don't drive yourself home, <laughs> especially if it's bleeding. Just just let them take you to the hospital. That's what you should do. Um, so I got home and I had to wake my wife up. It's like one in the morning and, and um, she's like, I think we should take you to the ER. So we go to the ER. They stitch me up. I answer the questions well enough that the doctor i guess didn't feel the need because they ask you all these questions to see if you have a concussion mm -hmm. um and i guess i answered their questions well enough that even though i had been bleeding and they figured it was just cut maybe you didn't you know they didn't know what happened other than me telling them uh that they didn't feel the need to talk to me about concussion protocol which in retrospect was was I think pretty bad on, on their part. <laughs> so flash forward five days, I have this trip to go on and I hop in my car and I drive to Vernal, um, Utah. And that's mm -hmm. my, my stopping point. I stay overnight there. And I always, when I travel, if I can find some place to, to stop, if I have even a little bit of time, like I'm a waterfall junkie, um, no waterfalls in Vernal, Utah. Um, <laughs> but there but there are dinosaurs. There, there are dinosaurs, yep. Dinosaur Monument, which I'd been to before, so I was looking for something new. Yeah. And I found this area like 30 miles out of Vernal, Utah, that had just the strangest rocks you've ever seen. Um, if you watch original Star Trek, um, they look like rocks, like foam rocks from an original Star Trek set is what these rocks look like. Huh. And I ended up spending about two hours in 100 plus degree weather with um, I just gotten a new little robotic camera. It was like this big, but it was on a gimbal and it shot 4K and I could program it to run down a track. And so I, I spent a lot of time out in the desert 
filming these rocks. So I did that. I go to my um, finish going to Denver. I do the class. I do the concert. I drive home. And then I was inspired by these really weird rocks that I'd seen and got all this video of. So I, after getting home, I didn't like, I should have probably been resting because I just done, you know, driven, worked, driven back, should have been tired. But when the muse speaks, you mm -hmm. know, you should listen. Um, and I started writing the song. I wrote the song in about a day and I spent the next two days editing the video. And on the third day, I woke up at about 2 a.m. in the morning with the most splitting headache I had ever experienced in my life. Something was wrong. Uh, my wife has a friend that's a nurse. Uh, she talked to her and she's like, yeah, you have a concussion. I'm like, well, they didn't tell me that at the hospital. And I, I still I didn't even have the stitches out yet. And it's like, what I didn't know was that concussions sometimes will take a week or even two. They can appear like after you can be fine, you hit your head and you can be fine for up to maybe a week or two and then have this thing, you know, happen. And mm. the absolute worst, one of the worst things you can do if you have a concussion is lots of screen time. <laughs> Which you've so, been editing on the yeah, video I just, for. <laughs> yeah, I just spent like 72 hours of screen time recording in, in, in editing uh, this video for this song. Uh, so, yeah, um, it was the silver lining is I got a great tune out of it and it's doing well. But it was born out of, you know, probably uh, a little bit of concussion, a little bit of weird rocks. Um, I have the video on YouTube. If you want to know what these rocks rocks look like, um, check out Secrets of Stone. Um, yeah, that was that was an adventure. Well, and it's interesting, too, you know, like like you brought that up because, you know, OK, you had a concussion when you did it. It probably wasn't the song that you were most proud of, let's say, or that you spent the most time on. But it's always it's got to be especially fascinating as an artist for what things you like. Right. Versus mm -hmm. what the public likes as yeah. well. Right. I mean, yeah. I remember being in I can't even remember which art art museum or art museum I was in it was one of the famous ones and there was uh I want to say it was a Rodin and it was like people were just lining up just just to look at this little Rodin statue <laughs> they weren't looking at anything else in 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 the whole museum they were uh -huh. just coming in to look at that and leave and I I remember standing there going you know I can't believe everybody you're sitting here you're missing all of this other stuff here mm right in in but are looking at this particular thing so it must be that way too as an artist like that where sometimes you're surprised at how well certain things do versus other stuff that you're like man that was just like you know the bomb but nobody really appreciates it yep yep and it was funny too because the it, it is kind of a very different sounding piece it's very moody um, it spends about half its time being slow and moody and then it picks up about halfway through and when I first played it for my wife I didn't show her the video I played her the song first and her first reaction was I like it but it's kind of strange and then I showed her the the video and she's like oh it makes total sense now <laughs> weird rocks I get it interesting well and that's one where where like you said it was more the visual and creating the video from it almost 
before the 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 music yeah yeah right yeah where, where a lot of times it's the other way the music is created and then you kind of create the video to go along with it yeah so that was even kind of backwards in your creative process as well yep and it also just fit in totally really well with my kind of ancient history thing because this was not a megalithic site but the rocks were so strange and it was obviously they had been formed who knows how many thousands of years ago and i'm walking around this rock wonderland and it's just like what have these rocks witnessed um certainly way more than i can maybe even imagine uh and normally when you look at rock formations i'm no geologist but they kind of like there was a the, the they were not uniform in the way they were made they were jumbled and different things right next you know two rock formations right next to each other would be so different that it's like how did this happen because it's like i don't see any uniformity here that whatever created this was not a normal geologic event if there is such a thing yeah no i hear you I I, I I totally understand. Yeah. And, and, and I think sometimes too, you know, we get so busy, so busy with life in general, that how much of the time when we stop and kind of contemplate some of that stuff too, right? Like, yeah, like I, I remember being in Germany one time, you know, when, when I was younger and walking into this door and above the door, it said one zero nine nine. And it's like, that's the year this place was built <laughs> right and it's uh -huh. like that's it, it wasn't it wasn't a, a street address it was it was the year the year that building was made and you know same thing walking inside that building and going you know for the last 900 and some years right what's this building seen yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's this building actually experienced and uh you know interesting stuff yeah stuff. yeah well no I, I wanted to talk a little bit too um you know kind of about the about the time frame too right because like mm -hmm. you said i mean it's, it took you four years to do this and 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 want to kind of just ask some questions about that and again yeah. answer answer what you want to what you don't want to tell me to fuck off it's okay right <laughs> but but why 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 did you wait the four years to do it um, so i had about 70 percent of this done before COVID happened i had a, a lot of it done before COVID happened and my plan was to release it in like 2020 probably 2020 was mm -hmm. the original plan um you know and that had been so that was, was like a couple years after uh you know every moment and so a year to two in that area is like you know is is a good amount of time you don't want to tend, generally you don't want to um go beyond that uh, you know to stay revel relevant and your fans minds you need to be releasing stuff and i had been doing uh, some collaborations and had released some singles in in the meantime um and then the whole COVID thing happened and a couple different things one is with the way the market started going so it's like i looked at releasing it during covid and half the radio stations were like shut down uh there's a lot of stuff in my genre in the new age world that's like a lot of college radio stations and they were just shut down 
Um, and so it's like, well, you could release something, but the chance of your album showing up and getting lost in a, a pile of stuff that nobody's looked at in six months is great. So on one hand, it didn't really seem like a good business plan to release during COVID for me. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I saw other artists that had done COVID releases. Um, one of them that comes to mind because I saw an interview with her, it was Dua Lipa um it released an album and i think it did very well um of course she's a lot you know more way more people in the world have heard of her she has more marketing power than i do um so i, I don't i don't know for me at the time it didn't make business sense mm -hmm. um so i thought that i would wait um and then as it went on um i got COVID really bad i had it for two months i had original recipe uh, before vaccines were out um and it kicked my butt um i couldn't get rid of the fever it was like the longest thing and they finally treated me for atypical walking pneumonia um even though my lungs were perfectly clear uh that was like the only thing that wasn't you know the the only thing that i didn't have uh, and I got very depressed, um, I think, during that time. And so finishing um, finishing the writing um, and doing all the other creative things uh, was very difficult. I, can, I could admit. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, so, being, being sick for that long. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I know, and I know too, I mean, it's, this, is, this is one of those things that happens with everybody but you especially see it with anybody who's a business owner or an artist or other people like that is you know when a lot of times we end up going into some of these depression yeah phases right yep and at that point it's just hard to do anything i mean some days you don't even feel like getting out of bed yeah you know and and a lot of that like you said when the muse shows up right you you go guns right yep. Yep. um because when she, when she leaves sometimes it's a while before it's she comes back, yeah. you know? Yep. Um, and so that's why a lot of times, you know, like I said, artists, musicians, business owners, they end up being kind of manic yeah. in, certain, in certain times too, right? Because it's like, you know, I mean, this week I'm working 90 hours, right? Because yep. it's like things are going on all cylinders. I got a deadline. I'm feeling good. Boom, 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 right? And yeah. next week it might be 10 hours. Yep. Um which which is kind of i mean it sounds like it was kind of what you were going through there there then as well right i mean yeah yeah so it started out as kind of a a, a business decision and then life and in COVID happened and it ended up going from business to just kind of depression and like you know me and the rest of the world trying to figure out what the heck is going on and how are we going to make it through it and oh my gosh i have to go buy toilet paper oh, i hope they have some <laughs> If not, we're going back to magazines. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, so it was a weird couple of years. So the, yeah, the original intent was to be like at that one and a half to two year mark. And then all of that happened and it, it got pushed out and it just, you know, life happens sometimes. So that was kind of what happened this time. Um, I did have like Transcendence was a, a piece that was not originally in the mix at all. And that was written very last minute. Um, that was written like probably February, probably written in March. Everything oh, yeah, else was right? done. And then wow. I added that one in huh. and took off another one that I just didn't feel like really fit. 
Well, because because that's the thing too, as we were talking before about you know so much of the time now, you you still make albums where most musicians now are just making songs, yeah, right, because everything yeah. is pretty much just download you know well the one song so they focus on one song versus an album that actually has some sort of a theme mm -hmm. that kind of runs through the whole thing versus just 10 random songs being thrown together yeah absolutely um i think i'm still i don't know i would like to think i you know i'm definitely i have to change with the times because you you can't ignore what is happening in the marketing of you know whatever world you're in so to some extent um yes i will be doing more single song releases in the future and i'll be you know running with that model because that's what i have to do as an artist to survive uh but i would like to think that i'll never stop creating albums because there's something magical that happens with an album that you don't get from one song and, and that's the yeah. story. Uh, I think one of the original Fresh Air albums, uh, Mannheim Steamroller, the Fresh Air series, yep. was Fresh Air 5. And Fresh Air 5 was, uh, Chip Davis based it upon uh, Johannes Kepler in his writings had a dream that he sailed to the moon. Uh, and, and so you look at the album cover on that album cover of Fresh Air 5 and it's a ship, you know, with sails sailing to the moon and so that whole album was based upon that theme and i've always loved the the idea of storytelling and it's because quite honestly one song is not always enough to tell the story that you want to tell and so you need many songs to do that and that's you know that's why the album is, is still good because that gives you the you know the bandwidth that you can tell a full more of a full story yeah, which I love. And, and like I said, it's the, um, that's why I listen to it. And I put it on at the beginning and I kind of listen through, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, you know, to me, I think, like I said at the beginning, it's, you know, I, I know, I know that there's a lot of thought that goes into your, to your work. Um, and, and hopefully people listening kind of understand now maybe too a little bit more of what goes into the creative process. Mm. Because I think, you know, sometimes it's like we can listen to a three or four minute song and not realize that it took you six months <laughs> to put all of that together. Or, you know, you watch a two hour film and you don't realize the hundreds of thousands of hours of time that go into making and editing and you yep. know, everything around that. Or you read a book and it takes you eight hours to read a book. But yeah. it took that. It took that author maybe a year to write something you could read in eight hours yep. right yep. and and that there is a lot more thought and things that go into it um because like you said i every one of your songs that i listen to it brings up certain emotions mm -hmm. right and it is it's like you're taking me on a trip which i love and specifically i use certain songs to help me do certain things you know as well yeah. right i mean if i want to feel more hope i'm going to listen to beyond the horizon right because that. <laughs> That's one of those songs that that makes me feel that way, you know, letting go that we referred to before from the previous album, mm -hmm. another one on there free. Both of those songs just when I'm when I'm feeling heavy, you know, and, yeah. and I'm and I'm feeling kind of down when I listen to those songs, I feel like I'm becoming more free or I'm letting go mm. whatever it is that's holding me back as yeah. well. 
right? That's wonderful. Is, that's awesome. Which I don't know if that was your intention or not behind it, but that's how I that's how I feel, and that's that's one of the reasons why I love music, um, yeah, so much. So and and actually on those two and specifically, I I would say that that was part of the intention on those two. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate it because it has brought me <laughs> actual healing. That's that's what I try to tell people sometimes is that you know music can actually create healing and i think mm -hmm. your your music does that which is another reason why i want everybody to know about it <laughs> awesome I'll... plus you're an awesome guy i like you too so. well you know we gotta wrap up for today because everybody's got to probably get back onto their own stuff i'm not like joe rogan and can do three hour or four hour <laughs> podcast but any, any any final thoughts that you want to want to leave with people um today Oh, well, first of all, just thank you for having me back. It's always an honor and a pleasure to talk with you and, and kind of, you know, talk more about, you know, the, the weird things that I do and sometimes how they come about. Um, a, you know, check out my website, josephlyoung.com. Having the L in there is important. Yep. Um, and three of these songs, oh, what do we have? Secrets of Stone, Enchanted and eclipsed uh and between worlds four of them i have videos on on youtube um a couple of them are actually live performances um a couple of them are animated things um and just no matter whether it's me or any other artist um hitting the like button is important adding us to your playlist is important um, it helps the algorithms and, and all of that stuff. So for me and every artist out there, if you enjoy their work, um, you know, like it, subscribe, um, buy the stuff, it, it helps immensely. Um, yeah, it does. Cause it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of people think, oh, musicians make tons of money. No, they don't. In the old <laughs> days when you got a record contract, but even now those record contracts are gone. Yeah. And it is. I mean, if you like a particular artist, if you appreciate them, tell them, buy their stuff. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. Go to concerts when they have them. Yep. You know, because that's 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 how people can make money, and they can keep bringing this stuff to you as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate. Yep. It. I'm gonna keep being a supporter, man. Well, thank you much, and, and you know, commenting too. I love to see comments on stuff where we're. You know, people hear an instrumental song. It's like, what did it make them think of? Because it's always surprising where people's minds go, and I can never guess. And so that's kind of fun um, to hear from people when they say, "Oh, it took me here." And it's like, wow, I would have never have even thought of that. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing more of that too. Let you know. <laughs> let you know too, because I well, I know too as as being a creator myself, it's always nice to hear back from people. Mm -hmm. You know, because again, it's like, I mean, you, you, you do it, you put it out there, but you don't get to see the smiles on their faces because they're watching in their own home or in their car or whatever else. Right. And so, you know, yep. a lot of times you don't get that feedback and it's, it's great to get the feedback from people as well. Yeah. So important stuff. Yeah. Well, we're going to have you back and we're not going to wait until the next uh, album release either. So awesome. we're going to, we're going to keep talking, my friend. And then we have a lot to talk about. So I know we have a lot more to talk about actually yeah. too. Yeah. I've got about five different rabbit holes from today's episode alone <laughs> oh, good. That, that we could go down. All right. I'm, <laughs> so. I'm game. <laughs> All right. Well, Joseph Young, thank you. And um, yeah, find his stuff on Bandcamp, streaming services, YouTube. We'll leave some uh, links down in the, in the show notes as well, but great. 
Bill, my friend, thank you for coming on today. Um, really thank you, Jason. It. Thank you. Appreciate it. And check out the sci-fi reference on on Beyond the Horizon. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> look for that now. <laughs> Thanks. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.